Praise the Lord. God is good, amen. It's good to see everybody this morning. Praise God. I want to welcome all our visitors here this morning. Amen. It's a blessing to have you. It's a blessing to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. This is an exciting week. You need to be excited. Amen. This is a week of victory. You know, it may have started out appearing as if it was a week of defeat. See, Satan thought that he had defeated Jesus on the cross of Calvary. So it may have started out looking like a week of defeat. But the reality is, is it turned out to be a week of victory. Can I get an amen? So I don't know what you might be going through right now. It might look a little defeated from the perception that you're at. Amen. But I'm here to tell you right now, amen, that the victory is won. And today is an exciting day. This is actually one of my favorite days of the year. One of them. Amen. As we look at Palm Sunday. If you notice, I like it so much that I went and decorated. And usually I don't decorate. If you don't like my decorating, that's okay. Normally the ladies decorate. But I told my wife, I said, I like Palm Sunday. I'm going to go decorate. So I grabbed Savannah. I said, let's go to Hobby Lobby. And let's get some decorations. Amen. And I may not be the best, but, you know, it's kind of like singing. Amen. Some of us aren't the best singers. But he says, make a joyful noise. And I know they used to turn the mic down on me when I would sing. <laughs> Amen. But that's okay. I was making a joyful noise. Amen. Because <laughs> I was singing with my heart. So anyways, it's good to have you today. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and open up to the book of Matthew this morning. Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. And you got to kind of see a little bit uh, so far as we look at the triumphal entry. But I'm going to elaborate just a little bit more this morning. I, I don't know that I'll be before you too long. Matthew chapter 21. Starting in verse 1. If you have it, say amen. If you don't, you can follow along on the board screen and the word of the Lord reads when they had approached Jerusalem and had come to Bethage at the Mount of Olives then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her and untie them and bring them to me if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. 
This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the fowl of a beast of burden. Verse 6. And the disciples went and did just as Jesus had instructed them. And they brought the donkey, the colt, and they laid their coats on them. And he sat on the coats. And most of the crowd spread their coats in the road. And others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them in the road. And the crowds going ahead of him and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Verse 12. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all those who were buying and selling in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. And he said to them, look at what he said. He said, isn't it written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have, are making it a robber's den. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he had done and the children who were shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they became indignant and said to him, do you hear what these children are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babes? You have prepared praise for yourself. And he left them and went out to the city, to Bethany, and spent the night there. Let me pray this morning. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, God, for this wonderful day, God. This is the day that you have made. And Lord, we will rejoice and we will be glad in it, my King. Father, just come and speak to us today, Lord. Come and speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, speak to our lives, God. Anoint me to share with your people, God, a message that can be helpful, Lord. Anoint me to share a message, God, that can reveal truth, God, in, their, in each and every one of our lives. Father, I thank you, Father. I praise you. I honor and I glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would give the Lord a hand, praise, amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. Well, I want to kind of start out this morning by giving you just a kind of a picture of what's taking place here. And some of you may already know but as you know this is palm sunday amen and we're moving forward into uh into resurrection sunday coming up next week and i'm excited about that amen but what we're looking at here in palm sunday amen i want to share some things that are kind of significant i want to share some things that uh you know may have some meaning that you may have or may have not been aware of. And I want to share some things that were taking place that began to sh make a shift that created all the various things that begin to occur over the course of this week. So let me kind of just pay, let me just kind of put a picture together for you real quick. Here we are. Jesus, the son of God, amen, is beginning to 
come into Jerusalem because what was a, a, about to take place is something called the Passover. Somebody say the Passover. Passover. And the Passover was a celebration where they would actually have a, a sacrifice for the sins of the people. And it was a time where people would come from all over within a 20 mile radius or more. And they would come and they would all gather together in Jerusalem for this celebration. And you would have this week that we now know as Holy Week or Passion Week. Amen. And so here we are, we're on Palm Sunday, all the people are gathering together, amen, from all around, amen. It would almost be like, amen, everybody from, uh, you know, all over, everybody from Van, everybody from Edom, everybody from Ben Wheeler, everybody from Canton, amen, and people from Tyler all coming together for this celebration, amen. And then we begin to read about how Jesus is making his triumphal entry Amen. Into Jerusalem. And if you look here, there's some significant things that we begin to read about in the Bible. Amen. We begin to read about some things that begin to take place during this time. And we, we see Jesus, amen, is riding in into Jerusalem on, on a colt or on a donkey. And he has his disciples that are following him. Amen. At this time, Jesus had been walking with the disciples for over three years at this point in time. Amen. And they had seen him do miracles and people had seen him. Amen. Heal the blind. Amen. And heal the sick. Amen. And for the lame. Amen. To walk. And they saw all these various miracles that had taken place. Amen. And but the people, amen, Jesus begins to come in and he's entering into Jerusalem on this donkey through this triumphal entry. Somebody say triumphal entry. Now, you and I know that, amen, he was even warned by his brothers, amen, not to go into Jerusalem because the, the people, amen, are y'all with me today? But the first response of the people as Jesus was coming and entering into Jerusalem on this donkey, their first response was, oh, my Lord, praise God. Amen. We have a king that's coming to our rescue. The people were looking at it like, amen, here is our next king. Amen. They had previously king saul and they had previously king david amen and but here god was giving them another king amen are y'all with me today and so here we are the jesus is coming through amen the town on this donkey and the people begin to gather and the noise begins to get louder amen like a roar the bible says and the people begin to shout and the people begin to praise amen and the people begin to say hosanna in the highest amen and they begin to take these palm branches and they begin to wave them in the air and they begin to lay them on the path where Jesus was coming amen and they begin to take off their coats and lay it on the path because they were excited about what was taking place can I get an amen, amen. they were excited that they were going to have a king amen that was going to come to set them free 
Somebody say God is good. And so Jesus rode in on this donkey. And this was directly what fulfilled the Old Testament in the prophecy of Zechariah. Because in biblical times, it was common for kings and important people to arrive by a procession, amen, riding on a donkey. Now, I want you to look at this for just a moment. Because whenever a king would come in for this Passover, amen, there would be a procession. And here we are. We have Jesus on this colt with his 12 disciples. And whenever a king would come in in this procession, what he was riding on would begin to speak volumes to what his purpose was for coming. If a king would come in riding on a colt or a donkey, that means that he was coming to bring peace to the people. If a king would come in on a war horse, on a white war horse, that means that he was coming to bring war. Are y'all with me today? So it spoke volumes when Jesus was walking, I mean, coming in, amen, this triumph entry on this Palm Sunday for this Passover, amen, and he was coming in on a donkey, and that was a representation, amen, that he was coming with peace. Are y'all following me today? Somebody say, God is good. Somebody say, the Lord is good. You know, we're at a point in time where the earthly ministry of Christ was at an end. And the plan of God for the salvation of mankind was nearing completion. We all know that soon Jesus, his fate would be that he would end up on the cross of Calvary. Can I get an amen? Amen. We know that Friday, amen, he was crucified, amen, and that Sunday, amen, he was resurrected. But I want you to look at this for a second, amen. Here we are, this celebration. Here we are, these people were excited that there was, Jesus was coming in as king of Jerusalem. They were shouting. They were celebrating, Amen. Now we know that the Pharisees, they weren't too happy. Hello, they ain't never happy. And they began to complain. Are y'all with me? And he says, hey, why are all, you're creating all this noise? And that's when Jesus says, hey, listen, if they don't praise, then the rocks will cry out. Are y'all with me today? But what I want to share with you today, because if you look at this, saints, the exact same people, the exact same people that were praising God, that were singing songs, amen, Hosanna, 
in the highest. The exact same people that were excited about Jesus coming in as king are the exact same people that said crucify him less than a week later. And I'm going to tell you why here for just a moment. Now, when we look at the word Hosanna, amen, there's two different meanings to that word. When we look at this, amen, there was two different things that was being communicated right here as they were beginning to cry out. In other words, there's a double meaning to the shout of Hosanna. Firstly, it was a shout of praise. Somebody say of praise. It was a shout of glorifying the Son of God. Because there were many that were present that believed that Jesus was the Son of God. And that all of his miracles had convinced them that he was who he claimed to be. Can I get an amen? amen. So there's a meaning there that is praising. Amen. It's a shout of praise. Somebody say a shout of praise. Because they knew who their God was. And then there was a group that was shouting. And they were saying the same thing. But you want to know what they were saying? They were shouting. But they were saying save us. Save us. Now I want you to know that's okay. Like Ken had said, what they were under the impression of is that Jesus was going to come and that Jesus was going to begin to establish his kingdom right there on earth. And he thought that they were going to save them from the control of the Roman Empire. Are y'all with me today? In other words, let me change it up like this. Amen. Before I lose your attention. They wanted him to come in as king. They wanted him to set up his kingdom. And they wanted him to fix all their problems. And when it didn't turn out the way that they anticipated. Amen. Because what they were wanting him for was simply to be their savior. Now, God is our Savior. He's the Savior of the world. He came to seek and save that which was lost. But I'm going to tell you today, saints, it's important to have Jesus as our Savior. Amen. They wanted him to save them from their situation. How many of y'all sometimes we want Jesus just to show up and get us out of our situation? Sometimes we need Jesus to show up, amen, and bring a healing touch. Can I get an amen? Sometimes we need Jesus to show up and fix our marriage. Can I get an amen? Sometimes we need Jesus to show up and provide us, amen, with, amen, some monetary income so that we can carry on. Can I get an amen? And how many of y'all know God will do that? But the challenge here. Amen. Number one, they wanted Jesus to come, set up his kingdom, set them free from the bondage of the Romans. Amen. 
And so when he came in in a manner, he wanted to save them from their situation. But he really came to save them from their sin. Are y'all with me today? Somebody say God is good. Somebody say the Lord is good. Now the Bible says as they got closer, as he came nearer, the city, the shouts of the people followed and Amen. They were lined in the streets. Amen. And they would grow even louder. Amen. And when he entered the gates, the crowds were waiting inside, joined with those who had followed. And together their shouts began to build. Amen. This was a moment of recognition. Amen. And they cried, Hosanna, praise Jesus, the son of David. Praise Jesus, the Messiah. Praise Jesus, our deliverer. But they didn't really fully know, amen, who Jesus was. Are y'all with me today? God is a savior. God is a deliverer. God is a healer. But the whole reason that Jesus came to die, amen, was to break you free from the bondage of sin that's separating you from a holy and righteous God. And if all you want Jesus for is to come in and fix all your problems to save you from your situation, to save you from your circumstance, to release blessing in your life. If that's all you want Jesus for, you don't know who Jesus is. Because yes, he is a provider. Yes, he is a savior. Yes, he is a deliverer. Hello, somebody. But he came, amen, to break the bondage of sin in your life. To where sin no longer controls your life. It no longer rules. See, he was coming to bring peace. But he was coming to bring peace in your hearts. Because we were far off. We were separated from a holy and righteous God. Amen. And he wanted to come and reconcile back that relationship to God. And when these people, all they wanted, they had expectations of what Jesus was going to do. See, sometimes we get it twisted. Sometimes it's okay to come to Jesus, needing him to fix all your problems. That's what draws us. A lot of times we don't look up till everything gets unmanageable around us. I wasn't brought up in church, and I consider that a blessing because I didn't want some kind of form of godliness but denying the power, amen, some kind of religion. Now, do I wish I could be serving God my whole life? That'd be a blessing. But I wasn't brought up in church. Somebody say God is good. But what drew me to God, what brought me to God, 
Hey, you don't want to miss this. What brought me to God is my problems. Are y'all with me today? Some of y'all can relate to that, can't you? I mean, James even says it, count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, because they're going to create perseverance, and that perseverance is going to create character. In other words, sometimes when you're going through something, it's going to create you to begin to seek the Lord more diligently. Can I get an amen? Sometimes when you have some challenges in your life, it's going to get you to wake up and even get you to look up. So it's okay to come to Jesus that way. But how many of y'all know you can't stay that way? Jesus came more than just to get you out of your situation. And if that's all you know him as, is your Savior, then you need to meet him as your Lord. See, I'm afraid there's a lot of people that want Jesus as their Savior, but they don't want him as their Lord. And when Jesus is Lord, that means master. He needs to become the king, but he needs to become the king of your heart and the king of your life. We need Jesus to fix some things in our lives. There's no doubt about it. But there's got to come a point, amen, where we let Jesus fix what he originally intended to fix. Are y'all with me today? And that was our relationship with the Father, a holy and righteous God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. See, the problem was that we were sinners, amen, in need of a savior. The problem was that we were separated from a holy and righteous God. And God had to come and make a way through sending his son, the sacrifice, the Passover lamb. Can I get an amen? That's coming in, riding on a donkey to bring peace amongst the people. Amen. To set up a kingdom in their heart. Can I get an amen? And they didn't like that. In other words, they had miss amen their their expectations were off and how many of y'all know sometimes when our expectations of what we expect Jesus to do in our lives because we only know him as savior and not as lord what begins to take place is we can begin to be frustrated and not only frustrated but to the point to where we walk away in other words, we say, you know what? You didn't do this for me, God. What if he doesn't heal your marriage? Are you still going to serve him? What if he doesn't fix your court case? Are you still going to serve him? What if he doesn't give you another material blessing in your life are you still going to serve him what if he doesn't come and heal that sickness that's in your body until the day he takes you to heaven are you still going to serve him what if he doesn't use your life in the capacity that you think you should be used amen are you still going to serve him 
See, he can be Savior, and he wants to be Savior, and he is Savior. He saved us from the sins of the world. There's people in other countries that don't have nothing. Nothing. God isn't, you know what I'm saying? Just showering down financial blessings all over them. Are y'all with me today? God wants to be all those things in your life, but the first thing he wants to be is Lord of your life. In other words, he wants you to desire a relationship with him to a point to where you're not willing to compromise that relationship based on your lifestyle because you're going to live a repentant lifestyle. Amen, because we all sin and fall short. Some of us get it twisted. We think God's our savior that's going to just fix all our problems. Amen. And I'm going to tell you this. He's fixed a lot of my problems. But the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything shall be added unto you. I have a feeling that some folks in here right now, they feel like those people over there on Palm Sunday. With their expectation of what Jesus was, was, was going to do, didn't meet their expectations. And so as a result, they begin to change with frustration, discouragement, and anger. Amen. Because the same people that were praising God are the same people that crucified him five days later. The same people that were yelling Hosanna in the highest are the same people that were there before Pontius Pilate yelling crucify him. How do you go from praising God, amen, one moment and five days later you're over here, amen, you don't, you're over here, you don't have any place for him except for on the cross of Calvary. And you even begin to take, do go to the point to where you exchange him for a murderer, amen. Are y'all with me today? Which is a whole nother sermon. Somebody say God is good. You know, I'm glad I didn't learn God in that way. You hear me? I'm glad that I fell in love with Jesus. And I came to know God personally, intimately, to where I would live my whole life for him before he went and healed my marriage. Before he brought my kids back around. Before he... Gave me my complete mind back. See, I didn't get it backwards. I didn't fall in love with him because of what he had done. I fell in love with him because of who he was. And when I fell in love with him because of who he was, then he began to take and fix everything come on now but even if he doesn't 
are you at today? What if God doesn't do another thing for you here on this earth? Will you still serve him? Will you still worship him? Will you still sing praises with all of your heart? What if he doesn't do another thing for you? Paul ended up locked up in prison, still praising God. All the disciples ended up being mortars for Christ, still praising God. Paul was sitting there like this, fixing to get beheaded. He looks up at the sky and he says, I, I think myself happy as he saw the glory of the God in the clouds as they were fixing to take him out. But just think if all he was was just savior to them. Are y'all with me? He came to save you from your sins. He came to deliver you from eternal death. We're just so spoiled over here in America, we can't, we can't grasp that. And then so we say, oh, if God isn't blessing me, then God doesn't love me. That's a lie. We think he don't care about us. Yes, he cares about us. Go talk to somebody in another country. Are y'all following me today? These same people. He was going to deliver Israel. Amen. He was going to deliver them. But his provision for the deliverance wasn't acceptable to them. Okay? They didn't want a sacrifice for their sins. They wanted a king. Are y'all with me today? They didn't want a sacrifice for their sins. They wanted a king. My question today is, what do you want? You know, they wanted an earthly deliverer. They wanted a Messiah that would be a lamb led to the slaughter who would die on the cross for them. They, wanted, they didn't want that. They wanted a Messiah that would lead them into battle and live for them as a conquering hero. Amen. And this is every man's trouble. We keep our focus only on what is visible to the eye. Or that can be touched by our hand. Amen. Our vision is earthly and physical. It's not eternal and spiritual. Can I get an amen? amen. What about the eternal? What about the spiritual? That's what he came to set you free from. Everything else is just an added bonus. He's more concerned with where your heart is. Than he is with how comfortable you are. Yes, he is the prince of peace. Amen. Yes, there's peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. Yes, he is all these things. He is all these things. But it's spiritual.
get me wrong. God wants to set you free from your situation. He wants to save you. He, don't, he loves you so much, he doesn't want to see you hurt. Amen? But he's gonna, he'll let you hurt before he's going to let you go astray. He loves you so much that he's, I mean, you think about this. Put yourself in the position of a father. Now, I know being a father, sometimes we get it in America. We think, okay, you know, in order for me to share my love with my kids, I need to buy them everything. I need to let them do whatever they want and, uh, you know what I'm saying, and be a, you know, a father. That, that, you know, unfortunately, that doesn't work. A father is going to do whatever he takes in order to get the son or the daughter in a position that's productive and safe. As long as there is anything that they're capable of. I'll do anything in the world. <laughs> Amen. There isn't, there isn't anything that I wouldn't do to try to keep my kids from ending up in a bad position. Does that make sense? If I have to go walk up in a dope house and kick the door in. Now, by the grace of God, I hope that I don't ever have to do that. I, hope, I believe I broke that curse. So, I mean, God will do whatever it takes. He says he disciplines those that he loves. He disciplines them. So a conquering king was what Jerusalem wanted, but Jesus was not to be that king that they desired. So we can see the same crowd who waved those palm branches. They threw and threw their clothes in the street, amen, as they rode, or the same ones that turned against him. I'm trying to help you out because I don't want you to have some kind of unreal expectation of what you expect Jesus is to you. Amen. Can I get the worship team to come forward? So we got to ask ourselves today, are we singing Hosanna, praise the Lord, the Savior of the world, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Hosanna to the Lord of my life? Are y'all with me? Or are we shouting, Hosanna, save us now from our situation? Now, I understand you walk through these doors for the first time. Usually you're broken. Usually you need Jesus to show up. You need him to fix your situation because you done made a big mess. But there's got to come a point where he becomes the Lord of your life. There's a lot of people that want him as Savior, but they don't want him as Lord. In other words... They want all the benefits, but they want to live however they want.
I want all the blessings. I want all the benefits. I want everything that the word says that God has for me. But I don't want to let him be Lord of my life. I don't want to let him be king of my heart. My question today, is Jesus king of your heart? Because God's a jealous God. I mean, he even says it to the point of this. If you want to be my disciple, amen. He says, the love that you have for me has to be, he says, you have to hate your mother and your father. You have to even hate your own life. Now, that word hate, Jesus is, God doesn't have hate. The only thing he hates is sin. What he's saying there is, you've got to love them less than your love for me. Everything in this world, your love for me has to be greater than everything in this whole world. It's got to be first and foremost. Before your wife, before your children, before your job, before yourself, before everything. If not, you can't be his disciple. There isn't too much that I got right, but I got that right. I fell in love with Jesus, and guess what? I was able to love my wife properly. I fell in love with Jesus, guess what? I began to love my kids. I fell in love with Jesus, and guess what? I was able to love myself. I was able to even love myself. Some of you don't even love yourself. That's why you think you're not good enough. That's why the enemy's able to beat you up. You haven't received the forgiveness of the Lord. I love myself. Because Jesus lives inside of me. Amen. I mean, I still got ways. I still got issues. Amen. Not the same issues, thank God. You wouldn't see me up here, I promise you. You know, I'm still a human being. I still f sin and fall short of the glory of God. I don't play around in sin. I don't live in sin. I don't practice sin. But you know, sometimes things happen. My wife knows how to get me mad, you know what I'm saying? I'm just joking. We do great. My wife and I do great. It's, we do great. It's taken a while, but we do great. You know what I'm saying? But the thing I got right is that Jesus became king of my heart. Jesus got my heart. Yeah, I needed him to save me from myself. I was in a mess. But he became the Lord of my life. When he becomes that, everything else will fall into place. Everything else will fall into place when that happens. And when that happens, you're not going to play around in these other areas because you're not going to want to. You're going to love God so much, you're not going to want to. Yeah. You hear me? And if you do mess up, you're going to hit your knees. You're going to cry out to God. You're going to receive his forgiveness. He says, confess your sins. I'm faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. 
And God doesn't make junk anyways. You need to, if you don't love yourself, you got to love yourself. God doesn't make junk. God don't make junk. Mm-mm. Like I was telling the guys the other day, man. People are special. People are valuable. You know what I'm saying? Like, to God. We are his most precious creation. Are you hearing me? He's created a lot of things. A lot of things. He's created the heavens and the earth. He's created the animal, the beast of the field. He's created all these things. But his greatest creation of all is each and every one of you. That's his greatest. That's his prized creation. Even more so than the angels. He says we're going to judge angels. That's what the Bible says. You're valuable. I feel like I need to share this because there's some people that don't see the value. You're very valuable. God loves you so much. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. He, he loves you so much. He would do anything to reach you. He would do anything to save you. He would do anything, anything. But he just wants to be Lord of your heart. He wants to be, he wants your heart. He wants to be Lord of your heart. When that takes place, then he'll be able to trust you with everything else and everything else will fall into place. Amen. Stand to your feet.